This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm here with Julia Neiman. Hi, hi, Julia. Hi, Michael. How are you? I am great. So I'm excited to talk about business intuition and young entrepreneurship and all kinds of other interesting topics, including how to tell the difference between your feelings and emotions when it comes to intuition, which I know you've yeah, got a lot of experience. Yeah, me too. So those of you who haven't met uh, Julia before, she used to be a clinical social worker, but she's got into helping teen entrepreneurs and she's the author of a couple of books, uh, 31 Powerful Lessons for Empowering Teens in Entrepreneurship, uh, and also Picking from the Passion Tree, which helps you decide what of the many things you might do uh, would be good to do. And she works with entrepreneurs around the world. So, very exciting. Um, so, Julia, tell me, you said when we talked earlier, you said you, you've used your intuition a lot in your business. Can you tell, tell us a bit about that? Well, I, I do. I, um, I kind of channel things. Like I, I just sit and quiet myself and listen, and then answers come to me. So I, whatever I'm, I need to know comes to me that way. And, you know, I, as I told you when we talked before, I had a real advantage in life in that I grew up back in the 50s in South Florida, and my backyard was basically the Seminole Indian Reservation, and that was before they signed a treaty with the United States government, so they basically were living an authentic life. And I spent a lot of time with them in their village and, and learning from them and learning spirituality and how to, what they call, listen to the spirits. And basically what that was is tuning in and listening to your intuition. You know, what is your heart telling you? And what is your higher self being connected to your higher self? And then channeling that. So that's how I got into it. And I do that now. I try to teach my kids to do that. And, mm. and you know what I found is that young people are really hungry for that kind of connection with themselves. Right, that would make sense. It makes it much easier if they're an entrepreneur to to know what to do next. There's so many possible choices, or or in the rest That's of their right. life too. That's exactly right. They're just really hungry for that, and and I've done that when I was actually working in the foster care sector, and I was working in a group home. I would take uh, the boys. I worked with teenage boys for the most part, and you know we would go outside and. I would teach them things that the Indians taught me, like how to expand your consciousness. When, when you think about it, you know, Indians would know when somebody was coming into their environment. They were just so in tune to nature. And I was taught at a young age how to actually increase my awareness by extending. I could hear things further and further away by extending my awareness. And I would become aware a few feet away, and then I would become aware a few yards away, and then it would just keep growing as much as I could concentrate. I could hear things in the environment further and further away. Wow. So how, how have you used that skill in your business? Well, it's just learning to expand your consciousness. So like if you're sitting in a room with a client, 
and being able to expand your consciousness further than the conversation that you're having and and it brings in an in kind of in an intuitive way knowing what they're thinking knowing what they're going to say next knowing what direction they're going and then getting channeling answers for them that are what they're looking for or really appropriate to what they're saying on a deeper level mm. So that lets you be more engaged with them. It makes it easier to connect. If you uh, were enrolling them in a program, it makes it easier to sell uh, the program. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being able to be in tune to their emotions and their feelings in a way that you couldn't otherwise. Hmm. So it gave me the ability to like open up and, and reach deeper levels of myself in order to relate to them on a deeper level. That sounds a really useful skill to teach young entrepreneurs because so many young people are tied up on their cell phone or, you know, online. Uh, and it's hard to be, hear that information if you're always, um, you know, connected electronically. That's right. It really is. And the other thing that I like to work with young people on is the difference between emotions and feelings because there is really a big difference between them. Emotions come from the mental mind. As your mental mind is telling you, I feel angry, I feel happy, I feel sad, but that's all mental. And so really what you want to do to figure out what you're really feeling is tune into your body. What is your body telling you? What are you feeling physically? That's a real feeling. And then to be able to interpret what your body is saying, like if you have a stomach ache, if you're having a conversation with somebody and suddenly you have this stomach ache, and if you're not in tune with your body, you're going to interpret that as some emotion. It's like, this person is making me angry. And maybe that's not it. Maybe you're just really sensitive to the fact that they're negative. Mm. And so instead of having to get angry at them, you're tuning into what you're really feeling and like, oh, okay, they're a negative person and my body is reacting to that negativity. Mm. Or, so may, or maybe, you're, maybe you're picking up this isn't a good business deal or there's some risk that I need to investigate. No, that's exactly right. And that's where I was going with that. So your body is telling you you have this feeling and they're a negative person. And then it's like, oh, if I'm feeling this way about them, maybe I don't want to be connected to them at all. Mm-hmm. It's a good person to stay away from. So rather than go off on emotions, which totally are just your interpretation, it's like connect to the physical. Mm. So when you talked about emotions being connected to your mental mind, can you dig into that a bit more to help us understand, you know, what you mean if you by that? Yeah. So your body is always sending you signals, but not everybody is in tune to their body. Not everybody realizes that that's what's really happening. And so the mental mind gets in there, interprets it, and says to you, okay, you're really angry about this. This person is really stupid and saying things that are making you angry. And really what's happening is that they're just being negative and you don't want to be around that. So it's, it's, Or maybe it's, you're being negative <laughs> and they don't want to be around it, so they're reacting to you. Right. So it's, right? it's stories you create around the sensations in your mind. Yes. 
that's exactly the right way to say it. It's stories that you're creating, and when really what's happening is your body is trying to tell you something. Mm. And maybe and it's those really important. And also, sorry, those it's really important to differentiate between the two. Right, because otherwise you get lost in a story, uh, or yeah. it might be an interpretation you have from some childhood experience that occurred to you. And exactly. it's, it's and, not accurate, yeah. in, intuitive information about the current situation. Exactly. That's exactly right. And don't we all know people that do that? Uh, yeah, I th- I'm one of them. <laughs> That's why I have to be careful when I'm picking up things to, to know where, you know, is this intuition or is this a story or is this some, you know, some mental mind projection? Exactly. And, and what is intuition really? That's important to know, too. So, What is know, intuition to you, Julia? Yeah. So intuition to me is actually my body telling me things. And if I can tune into my body, most often when I take the time to really do that, and, and my clients also figure that out, when they take the time to do that, they're really listening to their gut. Mm. Your intuition is your gut level talking to you and and your heart the mm-hmm. gut and the heart are connected mm. well they're know? right and they are right next door <laughs> they're next door but they're really connected in a way if you look mm-hmm. at it so if your heart is telling you that something is not right mm-hmm. your gut is reflecting that mm. right so if your heart if in your heart you know something's not right your gut's going to say uh I have a stomach ache or give you a headache or my mm-hmm. body's really tense, my muscles are tensing up or I don't feel well suddenly, what is that about? Right. And it might come right? from your gut or it might come from your legs or arms or your neck, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. all kinds of body parts. So Exactly. And I find that's it exactly right. I find it helps to to even talk to the body part that's hurting, you know, ask my gut, okay, I've got a tummy ache, what are you trying to tell me, tummy? Uh, inside my head if I'm not alone or if I am alone mm-hmm. I can ask it out loud mm-hmm. um, because it no, doesn't always and that's what you're doing you're connecting to the physical mm-hmm. you're connecting to the physical which is where the intuition comes from to me uh, that's what I believe I, I don't think it's a mental thing mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about intuition like it comes from your mind but it doesn't it comes from your body I, I I think it comes to different people in different ways. For so many, I think the body doesn't lie. Um, so if you're if you are able to hear messages from your body, uh, that is a great way, um, you know, to hear your intuition. But some people hear voices or they see signs in nature. So there's many different ways for intuition to come to us if we're open to it. Oh no. No, you're right about that. I I remember I once took a job because the number three was really important to me. And and at the time, irises, um, the bearded irises had a great significance in my life. And so I once took a job because I went into the waiting room and there there was a, a picture that was in three sections of bearded irises. Wow. You don't see that every day. No, you don't see that every day. And I said, okay, I have to take this job. And that was the right move. Yeah, it I mean. It turned out to be really positive. That That's great that you noticed something unusual that was a message. Um, 
you know, it's easy to dismiss those things. Oh, it's just a coincidence or not notice them at all. And if you're open to it, it can lead to, to amazing uh, things happening in our life. It can. But see, one of my, I, I've always studied spirituality, and one of my spiritual teachers taught me. Now, see, I tuned in when I saw that picture. I tuned into what my body, what my gut and my heart were saying about it mm. because there are also imposters. Mm-hmm. When you get really deep into spirituality, there are imposters and there are negative energies that try to get in the way and tell you things that aren't real. So you have to still, to me, I always go back to my body. It's like Mm -hmm. you look at, okay, here is this thing that has great significance to me, but is this real or not? I think that's a wise thing to do. Um, You know, some of the guides that people have, are angels or they're, you know, benevolent guides and have a high vibration of love or above. Other guides can be lower vibration and they may not have your best interests at heart. So they may be more interested in their own, you know, pursuing their own objectives. Um, And an example of that would be, you know, if you have if you're involved drinking alcohol or taking drugs or other things that, you know, on one level are negative for us and on another level part of us enjoys them, um, you know, it's easy to get a message, you know, a nudge, oh, let's have another drink or, you know, let's go out to that party where the people who take drugs go. And that is That's not right. and, not so useful. <laughs> and when and when you look at it, that all comes from the physical because alcohol and a lot of drugs, um, even marijuana, which some people use to open up their creativity, if you overdo it and you overuse it, it dulls your senses. Mm-hmm. It affects your brain. Alcohol numbs your brain, and if you have too much of it, it numbs your body as well. So it all comes back to the physical, at least in my way of thinking. I mean, one of the things, I I think that's right, and one of the things I talk about in my uh, book is that, you know, you can have a spiritual advisory board where you invite different entities and angels and, um, you know, to give you advice, but you are the one in control of your advisory board. And if if someone's not helping you, you can fire them from your board. Just because they're a spiritual being doesn't mean they're infallible for you. That's right. You're exactly right about that. Yeah. So, right. so why is it so important to you that, you know, you help young people become entrepreneurs? Because that's not what school guidance counselors typically tell students. Ah, see, don't open that can of worms. You'll get me on my soapbox because well. <laughs> I think school, no, I'm going to answer your question. Yeah, go for to it. Me, to me, school um really is still training kids to prepare for jobs. Mm-hmm. And jobs are unrealistic. That's an unrealistic approach these days because jobs are going away. I mean, you know, even Walmart is going to start using robots. They have a, a patent to develop robots to run their stores. They're not going to be hiring people. And I believe that we are seeing a full circle back to when this country was started, how it was founded by entrepreneurs. And we had, you know, the people that owned the grocery store. We had the mine owners that hired miners. We had um, the horseshoers. We had the blacksmiths. We had people that owned the boarding houses. 
everything that was done was done by an entrepreneur, and they either paid each other or they exchanged services. So, But in some way, we were an entrepreneurial society, and we are coming back to that full circle. And when you look at, you know, some of our kids, like when I was a clinical social worker, I worked with foster youth who had some very serious mental health issues. They had bipolar. They had depression. There were days at a time they couldn't get out of bed. Well, they could get a job. They weren't stupid kids, but they couldn't maintain those jobs. And so when you look at when you look at people like that, and that's true for a lot of adults, too, we have all these servicemen coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan with PTSD, and they, they, can't, they can get a job, but they can't maintain it. And there are days at a time where they can't function in society. So for people like that, you know, if we didn't encourage them to start their own businesses and somehow create an income for themselves, then they would be dependent on a system for their whole life. Well, and that's and that, demoralizing. Yeah, it's, it, it is demoralizing. It's much more empowering that someone ha- creates their own enterprise and learns how to do that. Um, that's exactly right. And I have the perfect story. Yeah. Um, this was a real experience that I had. This is what put me on this path to begin with, was this client who had bipolar. He suffered depression. He had some other mental health issues. This kid, when he was a young child, was badly abused by family members. He was not only physically abused, but sexually abused by his mother and his grandmother. I mean, by the women in your life that you were supposed to trust. Um, So he had some serious things going on, and then he became a drug addict. So he wanted to be, his dream was to be a professional skateboarder, and he carried his skateboard. I think he slept with that skateboard (laughs) under his pillow. I mean, he was so attached to that skateboard. Mm -hmm. But because of all these issues, he was very uncoordinated. He was high most of the time on whatever drug he was taking, and he fell down a lot and broke an arm, and, you know, he just was not coordinated. This kid was not ever going to be a professional skateboarder. But I didn't want to quash his dream because that's the only thing he really had. And so I, I, when he lost his job, he had a job at McDonald's, and he got in a fight with the manager, and he got fired, and he came home. And first he tells me he quit his job, but really he got fired. And I just realized that was like the pivotal moment in my life when I realized if I can't help this kid do something for himself, he's going to be on the system his entire life. And what did that mean for him? It meant connecting him with mental health program to do some kind of rehabilitation and get him a job that would be just a basic, you know, uh, like, uh, what do they call that, low-paying job for the rest of his life. And that wasn't okay with me because this was a really bright, creative kid. He just had these issues. So I sat him down and, you know, we looked at what skills he had and it turned out he could draw. I never knew he was an artist. And he brought me some of his drawings and I said to him, well, what if you did drawings that you could customize skateboards with like they do for surfboards? And he really liked that idea. He came back the next day with 12 drawings. I mean, that's how motivated he was, 12 new drawings overnight. And he said, okay, who do I sell them to? And I'm like, okay, uh, oh, who manufactured your skateboard? We turned the skateboard over, and we contacted those people. And this was the days before you could email things to people. So we, we fa- the guy said, well, fax me some drawings. I'll look at them. And we faxed the 12 drawings, and the next day he got an order for four of the drawings. 
Wow. We didn't even know what to charge for them. I mean, we didn't, we didn't think about any of this. This was, I had no idea this was going to work. And he wanted four of the drawings. So we just kind of affixed, fixed a price to it. And I, I explained to the guy what I was doing and he helped me come up with a fair price. And he bought four of the drawings. And then two weeks later, this young man comes to me and he goes, you know, I had a dream that I was designing silk screen for t-shirts and things that had to do with skateboarding, and uh, I worked with his social worker. We got him some uh, used uh, silk screening equipment, and he started making designs, and within a couple of weeks, his stuff was hanging in the local sporting goods store. Mm. And, and he, he was 18 at the time, and he's now 32, and he's still doing this. So he's, he's supporting himself. He's created a, an enterprise there, and it's one that he's That's motivated right. and passionate about. That's exactly right. And he has days at a time where he can't do anything, and it doesn't affect his income whatsoever. Mm. What a great story. So this is how, why I built the business that I do. I now train trainers because my, my big mission is to end youth unemployment worldwide because it's an mm. enormous problem in every country. In this country, it's a, like a huge problem and a big drain on the system. Well, and the and system so it, probably won't be able to deal with it in the future. There's just so much change. That's exactly right. So now they're already talking at taking away some of these benefits. If they go away, then what? So we need to not only teach kids how to build a business and how to be responsible for their own economic well-being, but also we need to teach them wealth creation skills. So when you get money coming in, even if it's a little bit of money, how do you make that grow? Mm-hmm. How do you protect it? You know, what do you do with the money when you get it that's going to ensure that you have some in the future? Right. and that's not something they teach in school. No, it isn't. Um, and also they don't teach you how to use your intuition in your, in your enterprise, in your business. That's, exact, that's exactly so. right. So, in, so I do that. The way that I do that is by working with kids, you know, teaching them how, how to interpret what they're feeling mm-hmm. and not just let their emotions rule them, but look at what your body is telling you. And that's the way to tune, to me, that's the way to easiest to tune into your intuition. Because your body intuitively is giving you the right signals that you need. Right, and it's, it can't be overridden by other people trying to convince you of what they want. Exactly. So, very That's powerful. exactly right. This, this uh, reminds me, I have some friends in the unschooling movement, where the, it's not just homeschooling, it's, it's um, the child directs their own education. So, if they're interested in drawing things to, to make T-shirts, designs, that's what, the, you know, that's what they study. Um, exactly. So I, I think there's a good connection there. And, and I have a friend who's been doing this for, I think, three years now. She and her, originally he was 14 years old, now he's 17. And he has his own businesses as they travel around. And he, he's motivated to learn stuff because it's useful to him. That's amazing. 
That, that's amazing. You know, I, I, have, uh, I have a Facebook page called Empowering Young Entrepreneurs, and I'm constantly posting stories about teenagers who are starting businesses and how they do it. I mean, there's one young man started a business called Man Candles, and he was 14, and somebody gave him a candle for his birthday, and he told his father, I can't use this. And his father said, why? He goes, it's too girly. So his dad says, well, what could we do about that? Would you like to light a candle? And he goes, yeah. And they came up with putting candles in tin cans, like you would get soup in soup cans and things like that (laughs) that make it more masculine. And Mm. they didn't use perfumey scents in it. You know, they used more masculine colors and things that boys and men would be attracted to. And and, uh, I think he's 22 now. He's a multimillionaire. Wow. And he did this. His dad said, okay, this is a great idea. Let's see you know, how we can get this manufactured. And mm-hmm. his dad supported him in getting this done, and they now have a multimillion-dollar business called Man Candles. Wow. That's, that's amazing. But, I mean, this could be for millions of teens and young adults. That's exactly right. I can give you story after story after story. Another young woman, she was 14 at the time, didn't like her babysitter. They couldn't find somebody that she really liked to stay with her. She started her own business at 14 years old. It's a nanny service. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's a nanny service. And she interviewed all the nannies. And she came up with the criteria and then had to start hiring people because it caught on. And then by the time she was 16, her business, her revenue was 500000 a year. And she had to hire somebody to manage the business for her. Hmm. So, so many things here that, you know, are an opportunity for, for young people and, and so much more empowering than getting into stuck in a dead-end job uh, that probably would end anyway i i was mentioning earlier that book uh, the end of jobs by taylor pearson and you know I, I he talks about how the importance of entrepreneurship and um how jobs really are you know traditional jobs are more risky because they can just end you know That's right. like those people That's working exactly at walmart right. whose jobs might go away or the people working at the amazon warehouse where they're bringing in robots that's right. Um, and drones. We're not even going to need delivery people anymore because they're going to deliver using drones. Right. Using drones or using self-powered, you know, computer-controlled vehicles is the other uh, uh-huh. route that's going. Self-driving vehicles, yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the yep. jobs in, you know, with taxis or, uh, you know, driving trucks across the country, those just won't exist in five or ten years. That's um, exactly right. And I know they're looking at using robots in fast food restaurants. I, I have seen some videos of that. It's quite amazing. <laughs> it, it's amazing, and it's kind of scary when you look at it, you know? It's very scary. So we need to teach kids the mindset, you know? And, and to me, intuition is part of a mindset. They need to learn how to tune in, and, and we, you know, entrepreneurs have a certain mindset that's different from an employee. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that, you, you know, some people have that intuitively. They just know that they mm-hmm. need to develop that mindset, and they do. And others don't, but it can be learned. Well, and for, for me, it's, I mean, I think helping young people do this is great. Uh, there's also plenty of older people who, who 
who are entrepreneurs who could benefit by improving their intuition. Um, exactly right. I, I agree with you on that 100%. And everybody can do it. That's the thing. Some people are inherently intuitive, but it's a skill that can be learned. It is. I mean, just like you learned it when you were a younger with uh, those Indians in Florida. That's um, right. Because we all have it, and in, 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 intuition is part of the human experience. It's just that some of us have never learned to tune into it. And, and that's true, and some of us have been taught to tune it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. Because no, that's exactly right. And if it weren't for my experience with the Indians, I would not have connected with my intuition, I, I wouldn't be who I am today because mm-hmm. my mother certainly, she used to say to me, oh, you have such a big imagination, like that was a bad thing. Mm. But how do we get creative ideas for our businesses if we don't use our imagination? That's exactly right. <laughs> or tune into your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, is, what is your body telling you you would be, you know, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. And you have to tune in to what you're feeling to get passion because sometimes it's just a mind thing you know it's like oh i love to do this but do you really is it mm. something you really love to do is your body like saying you know getting excited and are you feeling that energy spark through you or is it just your mind telling you oh yeah i'm really passionate about this yeah because so many people get into careers i mean i know i mean i'm sure some attorneys in, are passionate about being an attorney but there's also some who their parents told them this is a good career go do it um, that's exactly right see i grew up like that too and i resisted because i've always been more of a creative mind i i would write i love to write i really wanted to be a writer but mm. my whole life i grew up with people telling me oh you have to have a job you have to have a job you need a job and so for the longest time, well, most of my life, I had a job. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm retired and I'm a senior, I went, you know what? My whole life, I didn't follow my own instincts. I didn't follow my own intuition and do what I needed to do for me to be happy and creative. And now I am doing what I'm passionate about. Just and I've ma- never been happier. Just imagine if the whole world was filled with people who could follow their own intuition and know what they were passionate about and be empowered to, t- to create things themselves instead of depending on a job or a government handout. That's right. And wouldn't that be an amazing world to live in? It would. I'm imagining it yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm trying to help create. I, I say, I mean, I have this question I use, what would it take? So what would it take to create that world It would take creating a network of young entrepreneurs worldwide who every day could check in with each other, could be connected, could do peer-to-peer mentoring, could encourage each other to keep going, to keep that energy up, and know that you're a part of something really big in the world. To me, that's what it would take. I think those are great answers you're getting there. I, and, I, and I think it's not that difficult to do. Mm-hmm. It just takes somebody with the mindset to do it, and I'm that person. And that's why I'm training other trainers, because I can only work with so many kids at one time. And, mm-hmm. and if I can train trainers around the world, I'll reach that many more kids, and it'll happen that much faster. 
That's a great and approach. And the kids today love that. The kids today love that. Now, they're growing up with the Internet. They're connected to the world in a way that I, I never had. I mean, we had other things. I have other advantages that these kids don't have. These kids today are not really learning socialization skills. They have a hard time having a conversation with somebody unless they're pressing buttons. Mm. But to sit face-to-face and have a conversation with somebody is a difficulty for some of my clients. And so they're having to get used to that. You have to give customer service. You have to be able to talk to people. And here's where intuition really is important because you have to be able to tune into your customers. You have to know what it is that they're looking for from you. What do they need? What will make them happy? What, what is, you know, entrepreneurs talk about pain points, and I don't like to look at it that way. I don't think a person needs to be in pain to have a, need a solution to something. So they have a challenge. I call it a challenge. I never let my kids say it's hard or there's a problem. No, there's not. That doesn't exist. That's, that's your mental mind telling you something that's not right. You have a challenge, and what do you need to do to solve this challenge, to get past this challenge? Mm-hmm. And so my kids have to say, oh, this is a real challenge, but I'm up for it. Mm. And then we start looking for solutions. I, it's great to have a, take a positive uh, approach to challenges instead of feeling mm-hmm. stuck with a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a conversation with one of my uh, former clients She's now 29 years old, and I'm still parenting her, Um, but she is now in nursing school, which is something she's wanted ever since she was 16 years old. She wanted to be a nurse, and she had some major issues with learning, and it was such a challenge to get her through, and every time she'd start a conversation with me, she'd go, this is so hard, and I went, no, it's not. It's not hard. It's just a challenge, but you're up for it. You're a smart girl, and now she's so excited, and she called me the other day to thank me for being there for her and for making her change her mindset from this is hard to this is a challenge and I'm up for it. And now she doesn't have as many challenges as she used to either (laughs) because she built self-confidence through all of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Because every time a challenge came up, she was up for it. I I would just constantly move her into that mindset. And she solved one thing after another and got through one challenge after another to get into nursing school. And now she just feels this confidence that she never would have had if if I didn't insist that she change her mindset. Well, that's very powerful. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're you're always going to be coming across challenges. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. And and so I try to, to get kids into the mindset of like a challenge is a good thing. It's a good thing because it forces you to be more creative. Mm. It forces you to go deeper inside yourself to find answers that you wouldn't necessarily look for. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can you know, connect. And you know, how re- you know how people who are religious are always fond of saying God never brings you more than you can handle. Well, it's the same idea. Right. It's the same thing. You never are brought more than you can handle. And if you just have the right mindset, you can handle it. And the more you can connect to your intuition, the easier it is to find the answers that you need to solve your challenges. Mm. I certainly find that myself. My intuition can solve any problem that comes up. That's right. So... 
So that's right. And connecting with your intuition for different people comes in different forms. But however you do it, do it, and it makes mm-hmm. your life so much easier. It does. I mean that it, that requires a mindset change that life is a struggle to be let go. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right because it's not a struggle. It just it is what it is. Yeah, the struggle is a mental uh, story we we create around what's happening. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Life just it is what it is and if you're not happy with something or you feel like you have an obstacle or something's in your way, you just go inside yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do? And then sit quietly, and the answer will come to you. Mm-hmm. Yep, it may come to you immediately. It might come in a dream. It might come some That's other right. way you get the information. Might be signs within nature or, you know, you just never know. Might be but someone you, you meet. you have to be aware. You have to, like, be really in tune to listen for the answer. Right. So how how do you get in tune to listen to the answers, Julia? I think mostly I utilize nature. Like I live in a really beautiful environment, and I'll just go sit outside, and at night I have the owls hooting in my tree, and it's just so beautiful where I live. And I'll, Or I'll go to, you know, a river or a creek or the ocean and just open myself up to that feeling to be connected to something that's way bigger than me and then the answers come to me that way Mm. well and that helps quiet the mind as well absolutely so a bit of both absolutely because yeah it because if you're sitting there listening to the ocean or a river rushing that sound and the energy from that is way bigger than your mind chatter Mm. and it's, it's needing to like get shut down the mind chatter you know there's that monkey mind that's always just chattering and going a million miles a minute and and to to be able to shut that off and get past it then the answers just flow to you Hmm. i mean i think many of us have had the experience of you know going on vacation to the sea or out into the mountains or wherever and then being a lot more creative in work when we came back mm-hmm. so that's exactly but you, we can do this every day just by getting into nature. Or, or even, I mean, taking a shower isn't really going to nature, but often entrepreneurs get new ideas in the shower. In and the shower, that's right. I've Often I've heard that, you know, oh, my best ideas come from the shower with the hot water beating down on me, and it's so relaxing. And that really relaxing, I think, is the key. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes to help you relax, it's really all about shutting down that monkey mind that is constantly filling you with all of these stories and telling you stories that really hold you back mm-hmm. and keep you down. And if you can stop listening to the stories from your monkey mind, then the answers come to you. Right. I mean, I think the answers are there the whole time. It's just that we don't hear them with the monkeys chattering so loudly. I think you're exactly right. And some people also call that the lizard brain. Mm. You know, you have your lizard brain part of it. I know John Asroff, mm-hmm. uh, who's done a lot of work in neuroscience, he refers to it as the lizard brain. Because it's a uh, reactive part of the mind. Uh-huh. It's the reactive part of the mind. Exactly right. Yeah. I know John has a number of uh, audio programs that do that. Uh, I think it's called Bioral Beats, where it... 
it kind of tunes out your monkey mind by playing different sounds in each ear. He does. Um, and, you know, also um, Mind Valley, Vishen Lakin from Mind Valley has a lot of, um, he does wonderful meditation music and binaural beats and he's got things for sleeping and things for energizing and and they're wonderful they're just really wonderful and it really works so though you know if 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 someone listening is having trouble you know connecting to their intuition maybe one step is to try find some meditation music um that that helps in that regard yeah i i've been using ohm harmonics a lot that's uh, mind valley's meditation program and I love it. Wonderful. I really love it. It, it really helps. And I, I have, um, I deal with insomnia sometimes, and that really helps me sleep. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. yeah, I mean, relaxing and, and also noticing, with insomnia, noticing what my body is trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have it too. Uh, I wouldn't say I have insomnia, but I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and I'm wide awake. So, you know... I I either lie in bed and and meditate on my different parts of my body and different chakras, or or I'll get up and do you know use that creative energy and get some things done and and have a nap later because you know if if you have your own business often you have freedom as to how you spend your time. So that's exactly right. That's that's one of the best parts of being in business for yourself. You know you can structure your day any way you want, and I've I've always been a night owl. And I'm just not really a morning person, so I do my best work at night. So the morning is just a time for relaxing to me. Mm. And then you get... Building up to the day. Then you get the work done late at night when it's quiet. Yeah, late at night. Or I I don't schedule phone calls till after 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I start my day, my work day around 10, but um, Mm. I work late hours. And Mm. I have clients overseas, so I'm often on Skype like late at night mm-hmm. well that's one of the great things about you know helping young people be entrepreneurs they can create more freedom in their life whether it's freedom of time or freedom to travel um, that's right and the other thing that um, I really like to do is teach them about lifestyles how to create a lifestyle that they really want and the business that they're passionate about should support that lifestyle Mm. Lifestyle design, I think, is what some people call that. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire, you know, because um, I have a friend that uh, he's from Denmark, and he he's, he's about 23, 24, and he's become a DJ, and then he can travel anywhere in the world and do DJ parties. And he doesn't have a lot of money, but it gives him enough money to travel to the next place. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to travel. That's his, that's his lifestyle. He, he has his backpack, and uh, he travels light, and he takes the train, and he takes the bus, and he hitchhikes, and he's just having a glorious time with his life and able to earn money wherever he goes. Wow. That's, uh, many people would love to have that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it and it's possible to create it if you listen to your intuition and use your in- imagination and creativity. That's right. And so, being abundant is not always about having a lot of money. Right. It might be having you know, a, having other things, a lot of time, a lot of friends, health, 
freedom. Exactly right. That's exactly so right. I, there's nothing Living wrong the with life you want. There's nothing wrong with money either. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely not. And I think everybody should have it. I mean, money is essential. You have to eat. You have to buy food. You, you know, if you have a car, you have to put gas in the car to get places. No, money is, money is important. I'm, I don't mean to downplay the importance of money, but money isn't everything. Money comes, my feeling is, when you're doing what you're passionate about and serving others, when your passion is serving other people, the money comes. Mm-hmm. I think that's true, and I, I think it also helps to have some the things you talked about earlier, understanding how to work with money and how to preserve wealth and how to invest your time and money to make more money. That's right, because that's not something that we teach kids in school. And so they don't learn it, and that is a big issue. And so I'm, I'm always excited to find new ways to introduce that to people, uh, to, to my kids, you know, wealth creation. And there are spiritual principles about money, too. Money is also a mindset. Mm. What's the mindset you see, see there? Well, I think your thoughts about money, like you said, money is important, so... I grew up with a lot of limiting beliefs about money because part of my father's family had a lot of money. My mother's my mother grew up in extreme poverty. Wow. And so, you know, there was a big clash there. There's like cognitive dissonance between the two. And so my mother always had this thing about my mother still, she's 88 now, and she hoards money. She just hoards it. And so she'll deny herself things that she wants or needs because she doesn't want to spend the money on it. And because she is a hoarder of money, she has a lot of money put away. Mm-hmm. Right, but she doesn't but enjoy it. what's the point? What's the point? She's 88, so isn't it time to start spending some of this money? Like, <laughs> no, she, she just, no. And so I grew up with all these limiting beliefs, like the, you know, the arguments in my house. We never discussed money, but all the tension in my house was always over money. And so I, and, and I saw how people with money acted toward people that didn't have money, and I just said, look, if that's what money does to you, I don't really want it. And when you say to money, you don't really want it, well, it's not coming to you. Right. Why would it hang around? <laughs> exactly. So that's part of the mindset about money. I mean, you have to really embrace wanting money and have it for the right reasons. And I had a spiritual teacher that um, would say to me, you know, money, you have to have a good reason to have money. What are you going to do with the money that benefits other people? If you have a really good reason for the money or, or a genuine need for the money, the money will come to you. And he demonstrated that every day. I, I think uh, appreciating it and feeling grateful for the money that comes into your life is, is part of the key. So that's uh, that's I definitely agree. a way to do that. Um, wow. Well, this has been. I an agree. Am- and gratitude gratitude is one of the more important uh, states of mind. Right for for money in relationship to money. Well, being and in relation for everything you have, in gratitude is a great for you know being grateful for the business we have, and all our clients and the people we work with. Um, you know that can be a meditation where you just think through all the things in your business that you feel grateful for, mm-hmm. and maybe you include your own intuition in that 
list as well. Exactly. Because yeah, that's, that would that, be perfect. that's one of the ways to, to grow your intuition, to, to have a gratitude practice for, oh, here are all the things my intuition helped me with today. That's a great idea because I I do a I have a gratitude list. I have a um, a friend that taught me. She does a t- what she calls a ten ten list. So every day she writes down ten things that she's grateful for. She starts her day out like this: ten things that she's grateful for, and then ten things that she would like to have in her life. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and then and of course the ten, the ten ten exercise. She does it every single day, and it works for her. So I've adapted that. I've adopted it, rather. And I have to say, it's really changed my life. Well, I can see how it would because it, it fills you with more gratitude and it also gives you clear focus about what you want to create. Mm-hmm. So and when way- I send an email, I've changed my signature to read, In Gratitude. Oh, instead of sincerely yours, it says, In Gratitude, exactly. Julia. In gratitude. <laughs> I love that. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Julia. Uh, you've just uh, shared so many interesting things about entrepreneurship and intuition. Um, and I'm going to include your new website in the show notes so people can read about you there. And they can find you on social media too. And we'll include the links you give uh, on that as well. That'd be great. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about this. I've never talked about entrepreneurship in relationship to intuition before. So I really appreciate that opportunity because intuition really is a big part of an entrepreneur mindset. I think it is. Seeing the opportunity and being creative to solve challenges and, and just listening, being open to your intuition. I agree. Even even coming down to choosing your niche, like like who are your customers going to be, who are your clients going to be, following your intuition is like what's right. Who who are you going to best connect with? That that sounds like that could be a topic of a whole other conversation. <laughs> there you there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you well, so much, Julia. Been my pleasure. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?